Hi, this is Dr. Shanitra Cuthbertson, and this is the Amaze One Podcast. This podcast aims to strengthen your faith and edify your soul. Walk with us as we walk with the one on the Amaze Road. Enjoy this week's message. Through uh, December and um, right as we jump into the holidays, at least that's my plan. Sometimes I make plans and the Lord have other plans. But we're going to start a series on the indwelling spirit. And we're going to kind of take some time to explore what that means and why we need it. Because God does not, and I would go as far as to say God cannot, expect that we do anything without him. Jesus said himself, he said, I myself can do nothing. So if we are being called to God and God does require some things, Micah tells us, but what does the Lord require? Bible study, scholars, y'all know the rest? Well, maybe not. (laughs) He said, do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. So what Micah is telling us is that there are some things that the Lord does require. He does require something from those who are indeed his. But he also knows that we cannot do anything without him. So the remedy to that is that we must have him, not just believe in him. There are a lot of people that are really assured in their faith. They know that God is real. They know that he operates. They know that he has mercy on them. They know that had it not been for him on their side, that they could have been a million places. But that does not mean that his spirit is indwelling them. And so if he's going to require something of you, then he's first giving you the key to that, is that his spirit must indwell you. And we're going to take a couple weeks and explore that because he can't require anything of us without helping us. And he made us and he loved us. And you think he can require what he wants, he God. But he's a just God. And because he's just and because he has grace and mercy, that as his child, he won't require anything of you that he will not help you to do. So he tells us that we must have this indwelling spirit and we're going to spend some time on that. So today I'm just going to kind of introduce some of the ideas that we will explore over the next couple of weeks. One thing about this indwelling spirit is that when it is there, there is evidence. And when it's not there, there is evidence. And so we are going to take this time to explore those words behind me. We're going to explore narrow road, flesh, carnal mind, enmity, and life as they relate to the indwelling spirit. So we're going to start with just the idea of the narrow road. So in Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14, he reads, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. So what do we just find? We just, that right there could literally be a, I don't know, three-month teaching. Narrow is the gate. Did y'all know that 
narrow, when you think about a narrow road or a, a one lane road, it's, it's tight and it, it, it's not easy to move through. Or you think about a narrow hiking path or anything that's narrow is not necessarily easy to maneuver through. And what Jesus is saying here is that the way that I'm telling you to go, the way that my indwelling spirit will lead you in this earth, in this time, before his second coming, before I come back and it's all said and done, that as you live as a Christian, the way that you are to walk, it is narrow. And I'm going to tell you something else. It's difficult. But it leads to life. And I'm going to be honest with Jesus telling the truth. There are few who find it. Not are there few who believe that Jesus existed or even that he's connected to God or even that he can do something for them. But he's let this road that you have to walk. It is narrow and it is hard. And a lot of people don't find it because broad is the way. Easy is the road that leads to destruction. It's easy to get into mess. It don't take nothing to get into some mess. It's easy to sustain it, you, ain't, you know. So Jesus is telling them, this road is not easy. My spirit got to indwell you and it's going to lead you, but I'm a, you know, he's being honest. The road is going to lead you down. It's going to be a difficult one. And not only is it difficult just because trials and tribulations come to those who believe, but it's difficult because you're going to be continually contending with a worldly set of mind. You're going to be continually contending with things that are contrary to God that you might be interested in, but they're contrary to God. And you're going to have this forever fight. And the Bible names this fight. And so one of the first ideas that we're going to just explore is the narrow road. And as I was reflecting on this, I was, you know, I was thinking and I was like, part of the reason it's difficult to stay on a narrow road is because our minds are carnal. And we're going to explore what that means, too. So if I'm throwing out a lot of, you know, church words and stuff, don't worry about it. We're going to, in the next coming weeks, we're going to fully explain these. But one of the things is that the narrow road and a carnal mind, they can't go together. They are incongruent. Incongruent, it's a math term. And it means that something is not compatible or something is not harmonious. So if you get a fake iPhone charger sometime, it'll come up and say, this ain't really our charger. And sometime it'll work, and sometime you'll get a message and it's like, this is not compatible. If you have been working off Windows 98 and you try to send a file to Windows 10, an alert is going to pop up and say, we need to shift some stuff in this presentation because it's not compatible. They, it's not lining up. And so the carnal mind does not line up with the narrow road that Jesus is calling us to. And that's a problem. Because if we're in this carnal mind, then we, we're not necessarily moving forward in God. First John 2.16 says, this is all is in the world. So this is what is feeding that carnal mind. This is what we are contending with. It said, for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life 
is not of uh, the Father, but of the world. So that's a, another scripture, like I said, we could spend so much time on. But John is saying, all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. I guarantee you, you can go on any channel and turn on any TV and find any movie or television show or reality series, and you're going to find them three things. There's going to be the lust of the flesh, some type of sexualized innuendo or joke or whatever it is, and it's going to be the lust of the eyes. And lust of the eyes is not necessarily looking on someone with lust, but if I see all these uh, 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 Porsche Cayenne and I see all this stuff and I, I'm, I'm ingesting all this stuff, there's a lust of the eyes. I want, I want, I want. So there's a lust of the flesh. There's a lust of the eye. Then there's the pride of life, arrogance, pride, overconfidence, inconsiderate, all these different things. And, and John is saying that's all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. That's, that's all that's in the world. If you're watching something on TV and you identify those three things really quickly, I would dare say if you're trying to be on this narrow road that it is important for you to understand when you need to change the channel or when you need to change anything. If you have a person in your life and that's all they do or talk about, it matters because it, what it does is these three things feed a carnal mind. They feed a mind that is contrary. And we're going to talk about the carnal mind in just a second. So as we try to walk on this narrow road and we try to move with the indwelling spirit of Christ, we have to understand the things that are incongruent. And a carnal mind is the biggest one that keeps us from where we need to be and more tempted to be on a broad road than the narrow one. So to open this up, we're going to go to Paul and jump in very quickly as he is talking to the church at Corinth. So 1 Corinthians 2, 3 through 14, Paul is talking to them because the truth of the matter is that the church at Corinth, we've talked about them before, is a mess. Um, Corinth is a double seaport city, which means it got a lot of tourism and it has money, and it has all this different stuff in it. But they also are very carnal. Paul spent 18 months here building a church, and they, they came, they believed, they were uh, moving, and when he was in Ephesus, he got word that, no, Paul, that church you built is off the chain. Let me tell you what's going on. They're taking each other to court. They're suing each other. They got sexual immorality. They're acting a fool. They, 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 they biting and devouring each other. Not literally biting, but, you know, like talking junk and, you know, like Paul, that, that church you set up, it ain't doing that well. And so Paul writes this letter to them, and he says, These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So what is Paul saying here? We're still talking about the narrow road. And a part of staying on this narrow road is understanding that the, the spirit of Christ has to be indwelling in us. And if that spirit is indwelling in us, then we're not leaning on the natural man anymore. Because what Paul is telling the Corinthians, he's like, listen, like I know everything is going on in the church. And the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. So there is a mindset. There is a carnal mindset that we can be in that does not receive the things of God. 
And so when you think about a carnal mind, and I'm going to move there a little earlier than I planned to, but a carnal mind is a mind that's going to move on its own efforts. It's going to do its own thing. I'm going to do what I want to do regardless of what God wants. It's carnal. A carnal mind is a, a, a mind that's based on the flesh. What I feel like, what I don't feel like, and how literally how my body, my body wants to be lazy and my body don't want to get up, then I'm going to do what my body wants to do. That's carnal. A carnal mind is also a mindset that is set on sin. It's just set on doing things that are wrong. It enjoys them. It welcomes them. And so Paul is telling them that the natural man, that's why you got to have a spirit indwelling, because by yourself, you cannot receive the things of the spirit. You've received them through the spirit that is indwelling in you. And anyway, even if your mind could halfway get what God was trying to say, it would be foolishness to you. Do you know how much stuff Christians try to do in God and people tell that's stupid. You are doing the most. You always doing too much. There ain't nothing going to hurt you. You being extra. You ain't got to take your friends on no date when you go out with a guy. Talking about group dating. Y'all just extra. You're doing too much. So the things that, that the natural man sees when they come from the spirit, they're foolishness. Because Paul is telling the Corinthians, he can't know them because they are spiritually discerned. How are they spiritually discerned? Through that indwelling spirit. When Peter confessed that Jesus was the Christ, Jesus said, you ain't get this from flesh and blood. He said, you got this from my father. What he literally was saying is that the spirit of God has been sitting and teaching you. And so for us on the next level with the indwelling Holy Spirit, that he's sitting and teaching us, but the things he's trying to teach us are spiritually discerned and they are foolishness to the natural man. And so Peter is, is I mean, I'm sorry, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. And in 1 Corinthians 3, 1, 2, this is what he tells them. He's going to go in a little bit more. And he tells them, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. So he kind of set them up a little bit. He's saying, this stuff is spiritually discerned. And then he hit them back with, and I can't even talk to you right now as spiritual people because you're so carnal. Y'all so into whatever that I got to talk to you like you're babes. He said, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are not able and so Paul is saying some harsh words to the church at Corinth. He's saying, yes, you're saved. Yes, you're in a church. Yes, you believe in God. Yes, you're a part of the body. But I'm telling you, the mindset that you are in is carnal. And because of that, you cannot grow. And therefore, you got to stay on milk when you should be on meat. And therefore, there are things that God is trying to tell you through the spirit that you will never get because you cannot discern them. You can't even receive them. And that's what he's telling them is that you're like babies. And I was, as I was um, studying for this, um, I was listening to some old theologians and they were saying like, so if a baby is six months years, six, six months years old, if a baby is six months old and, and they just cooing and they ain't saying nothing, you're like, oh, they're so sweet. And they're laughing and they're smiling. They're not talking. They're not walking. You, everything is okay. It's sweet. They're six months old. It's what we expect. But if two years later, that baby is still doing the same thing that it was doing at six months, what do we say? Something wrong. Something is wrong. And then you start to feel a little bad, like, why that baby not growing? How old did you say it was? Three? 
He's still cooing. He ain't got many teeth. He's still drinking all that milk. Something is wrong. And that's what Paul is saying to these, this Corinthian church. Y'all, Paul didn't, he would start a church and he would move on. One of the longest stays that he has at one church that he started is in Corinth. He stayed there 18 months. And he, he's saying to them, hey, something is wrong. Spiritually, there are things in God you should be getting and understanding. Because we have to understand that trials and tribulations are going to come regardless. The thing that sustains us as Christians is that we are feeding from a whole nother spirit, right? We are being in, in, empowered by another spirit. We are being empowered by the spirit of Christ. And the world don't have that. That's why we say stuff like this joy I have, the world. Remember we talked about that? That's what that is. But Paul is saying if you want this milk, you're not living on that. So he tells them, I can't even tell y'all what I would like to tell you. Because you're babes. And you can't eat. And I can't even expect nothing from you because you're. You're almost, you're developmentally delayed. And if we stay in a carnal mindset as Christians, we will be spiritually, developmentally delayed. And then you know what happens when we get developmentally delayed in God? We get mad at God. Why you don't? Why you always? Why not? Because when you are spiritually immature in God, then you always want somebody to do something for you. You come to church not to put into the atmosphere to worship. You come to church to get. When you go to work, when you go anywhere, you go to a conference, you're not like, oh, I'm with the body. Let me contribute to this atmosphere. You know, I'm coming to this conference to get something. If, if you call um, just different things, I'm not getting into all that, but if you're spiritually immature, you're always wanting to get something. And God is trying to empower us to the point where we can give something. So Romans 8, because we're still going to keep talking about um, this idea. Romans 8, this is Paul talking again to the Romans. And he says, therefore, there is therefore no con- now no condemnation to those who walk, who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Actually, every time I say spirit or flesh, can y'all say it with me? I'm going to do a little exercise. Yes. All right. We're going to start with this one. For the law of the... Yep. Sean, you with me? Okay, okay. We start over. We read again. (laughs) I was like, "Uh uh-oh, Sierra. (laughs) She was ready. All right. You ready? (laughs) Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who walk in, who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the... But according to the... For the law of the Spirit. of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful Flesh. on the account of sin. He condemned sin in the Flesh. that the righteousness requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the Flesh. but according to the Spirit. So Paul just said a lot right there. And I'm going to keep going before I explain it. For those who live according to the set their minds on the things of the, but those who live according to the the things of the for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. 
because the carnal mind is an enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the cannot please God. Those last two verses are the hardest hidden parts of that. So I go back to seven for me. Because the carnal mind is an enmity against God. Some versions say that it's hostile to God. Some say it is um, what the word means is a mutual enemy. So what am I saying? That for the church of Corinth and for us, when we're in a carnal mindset, that mindset at its core is a mutual enemy to God. God can't stand a carnal mind because it typically ain't got nothing to do with him. And a carnal mind can't stand God because he doing too much or not doing too much. And Paul goes on to say, he says that that mindset is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So when we are in the flesh, we cannot please God. You don't hear a lot of verses about pleasing God. There are verses that says without faith, we're, we're not able to please God. This one is saying, if you want to live in a mindset that is contrary, completely contrary to who he is, it is not pleasing to God. Let's try and go to Galatians 5. Galatians 5, uh, 16 and 17 reads, I say then, walk in the, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the, for the, for, oh, y'all good. I'm messing up. Hold on. For the lust against the, and the, against the, And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Paul is telling from Galatians to Corinthians to Romans. He is highlighting. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So until Jesus come back and get this body till Jesus come back and completely give us an incorruptible body and restore our mind 100%, we are going to be fighting the flesh. By flesh, not just physical flesh, but also our mind. And Paul is saying, listen, the flesh, when it's a lust, that means war. The flesh wars against the spirit, and the spirit wars against the flesh. And these two are contrary to one another so that you not do the things that you wish. So literally in your mind, it's a whole fight going on. A war is going on. Because there's a thing of God and then there's a things of the flesh and they are tug, doing a tug of war between you. But the way to cancel this tug of war is to make sure that you're walking in the spirit. How do you walk in the spirit? First, that spirit must be in the willing. And when you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so you got a lot of people who are Christian and they're not on a narrow road Because their minds are incongruent with the Spirit of God. And I think if we all honest, we have all been there or are there right now. It is easy. But I think what God is trying to do in this series, and I'm going to do my best to make sure that I work hard over the next couple weeks to communicate it clearly. Because like I said, God does not and cannot require that you do anything without him. But 
when he requires something of you, when there is a call on you, and there's a call on all of us to do something. And when there is a call on you, then he's expecting you to live it out. But he understands that the first thing must be that that spirit has to be in you because you can't do it without him. The spirit going to tell you go left. The spirit going to tell you go right. The spirit going to tell you hold your tongue. The spirit is going to tell you calm down. The spirit is going to tell you don't worry about it. Let it be. I mean, it's all this stuff. All this stuff is locked up in being in his spirit. And Paul is trying to tell them the same way he's trying to tell us that a carnal mind is a mutual enemy with God. And it ain't going to be subject to God. So as long as I let this mind run rampant, being carnal, I'm not going to be subject to God. I can say what I want out of my mouth. But if I let this mind stay in that way, because the Bible literally said, it said, it talks about a mind. It said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. There you go. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. So that's what we're going to do. This, these next couple of weeks, we're going to pray about this mind. And we're going to pray that we be in a position to spiritually discern what God is trying to say to us. Because there are some answers that God has for you that you've been asking for a long time. There are answers about your personality. There are answers about your life. There are answers about opportunities or lack thereof. There are answers that God has. There are revelations and, and, and opportunities and things that God has, but they are spiritually discerned. And I think we can get them. I think he, I know he wants us to. But before we get there, we're going to work with this mind. Let us pray. Oh, actually, you're, well, I'll pray and then we're going to take up our offering. God, we thank you this morning for your word. God, we thank you that in this particular series, God, you're going to do teaching. We thank you that you have taught us that we cannot please you in our flesh that a carnal mind is hostile towards you. And God, you've also shown us how easy it is to be carnal in mind. So God, we ask today for the, the, the know-how, the instructions, God, the understanding of walking in the spirit in such a way that we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. God, we understand that you will not and cannot require anything of us that you will not help us do. And because you are faithful, because you are just, and because you will never leave us nor forsake us, then we know that the opportunity to have a spiritual mind is available and we have access. You will walk us step by step out of mindsets, out of mentalities that are not helpful. And your Holy Spirit will guide us, God, that we may walk the narrow road and do it with joy and do it with love, even though it be difficult. God, we ask that you would bless this series. Bless me as I study in this series, God. Bless our hearing and our understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to take up our... Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe and share. We would like to take this moment to thank our mission partners for your continued support of the Emmaus Ministries. 
If you would like to become a partner of Emmaus Ministries, visit us at www.emmaus1.org. God bless, and we'll see you next week on the Emmaus Road.